Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Greetings from UC Irvine. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? This fair day here in the Phallus, or actually here on the campus of UC Irvine. It's a little bit more like the Shire. We are a nationally recognized tree campus by the Arbor Foundation. And today, the Elf's Heart is heavy and light. <laughs> Heavy with uh, some news from sometimes, um, well, I don't really listen to the news or the local news or read the paper, but um, I like, I do stay up a little bit on certain things going on in the world. Um, politics is not my area. I think that uh, those who are involved with such things, that's a wonderful thing, but we also need to balance that with uh, those who are devoted to the arts and meditation and uh, dancing and singing and walking in starlight. So, um, this morning, I want to welcome you. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and we also podcast at KUCI.org. And you can get more information about our programming there. This is What Would Arwen Do? The show where I ask if a Metal Earth elf lived today in Southern California, what would her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, the preservation of the planet, and care for the creatures, both mortal, immortal, and other? <laughs> And so it kind of has sprung from my own uh, experiment that I started 13-something mm, years ago about if I lived my life an, as an elf, would it be any different, any better, any worse? And, and it transformed my life on many levels. And this morning, I want to share some things with you. I want to say a special thank you to all who supported KUCI last week, over the last um, about two weeks during our Funda Drive. Thank you to all who so very generously donated to support our work here and to support the uh, continuation of freeform, commercial-free, alternative radio broadcasting here in Orange County at 200 watts at 88.9 FM. But also, we are 24-7 on the Internet, and you can access us through our homepage at KUCI.org, and you can also catch us on iTunes. 
If you'd like to contact me, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at askanelf at yahoo.com, askanelf at yahoo.com. So the music we heard as we first started was the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore, music created for the world of Middle-earth in The Fellowship of the Ring from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And if you are listening on podcast, all copyrighted um, material and music will be edited out. But I will always let you know what it was and where you can find it in case you want to listen on your own. So I had a show planned for this morning. And then yesterday, there was an article in the Los Angeles Times about Boko Haram. And if you've listened for a while, you know that one of my passions is for the Nigerian girls that were kidnapped. I think there was, well, there was about 250. Some escaped 219 still unaccounted for a year ago in April from the village of Shibok. And they are still unaccounted for. I don't know. It's just on my heart that they would not be forgotten. I'm sure their families have not forgotten them. But being an elf, I never lose hope. And that is one of the things I, I learned from Arwen. If you actually read The Lord of the Rings, the word hope occurs many times. And I love that Peter Jackson translated that also, the motif of hope, to the movies of The Lord of the Rings. So this morning, yesterday, as I was reading this article, my heart was light and happy because uh, they have rescued um, hundreds of people now, hundreds of captives. And I'm going to read a bit from the article and then um, talk a little bit and share some things that, that we can do here all the way over in America. So the good news is that uh, women and children, again, I'm reading this from the Los Angeles Times, Tuesday, May 12th, in the world section, uh, the caption under the picture it says, uh, women and children held by Boko Haram militants are taken to a camp in Yola, Nigeria, after being freed by soldiers. Hundreds of captives have been rescued from the Sambisa forest by troops seeking to drive the Islamic, Islamist militant group from its last stronghold. And then the article title is Boko Haram Under Assault. Goes on to say, Nigerian troops have invaded the militants' forest hideout, but wiping out the group may be a tall order. So this article by Robert Dixon and from Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, says, Booby traps, tunnels, mines, and dense woodlands cover thousands of miles. The Nigerian military's push to invade the Sambisa forest, the last stronghold of the Islamist militant group Boko Haram, Capture its leader and wipe the group out is delicate, highly dangerous, and unlikely to be completely successful, analysts said. Government forces have taken over numerous Boko Haram bases in the forest in Nigeria's northeast, rescued hundreds of women and children, and released aerial images of terrorists retreating. But it has yet to capture the top leaders of the group 
or many of its fighters. Until the military clears the vast forest of militants, Boko Haram's deadly raids on roads, villages, and towns will continue, with more lives lost and no end to the paralysis of transportation and trade in the region. The group fighting to establish the Islamist state in Nigeria has killed and abducted thousands of people, although estimates of casualties vary widely. Nigeria's military, criticized for much of last year for running away in the face of Boko Haram attacks, has recently retaken dozens of villages and towns seized by the group, including Owoza, the headquarters of its self-declared caliphate. The militants have been driven back into camps in the forest near the border with Cameroon. Analysts say there may still be several thousand militant fighters, but caution that accurate estimates are unavailable. Nigerian group troops pushed along a dirt road into the forest last month, but were forced to retreat. A soldier and three members of an accompanying local civilian unit, probably acted, acting as scouts, were killed when their vehicle hit a mine, according to Nigerian news media and unnamed military officials. The densely forested area off the road was also heavily mined. So you see a little bit of what these, um, even the rescuers, are up against. We must keep them in our prayers. Military spokesman Chris uh, Olukolod, I'm not good with pronouncing these names, said in a statement last week that the army continued to encounter land mines and booby traps. Some Boko Haram fighters have been killed, he said, although he did not give a number. And so this is the part that really grabbed me and I thought must talk about this today. The forest is about 60 miles from the village of Chibok, where 276 schoolgirls were kidnapped last year. That was last year in April. It's been over a year. <clears throat> Back to the article. Rumors abound that some of the girls who are believed to have been split up and married off to fighters or forced into slavery may be prisoners in Boko Haram forest camps, but there's no evidence, Alan analysts said. None of the Chabot girls have been among those freed so far. None, none of the 276, actually, some escaped right at the beginning. I think the number is about 219, but still, 200, not one of the 219 girls has been found. Nigerian President-elect Muhammadu Buhari, due to take office at the end of the month, damped hopes recently when he said the girls may never be found, though he vowed his government would do all it could. As much as I wish to, I cannot promise we can find them, he said. And that's where my elvish heart (laughs) goes out, because thankfully many captives are being rescued, but these are 219 schoolgirls between the ages of 13 and 18 who were taken from their school on a night when they were there for tests because they're uh, Christian, although there were some uh, Muslim girls taken as well, primarily because they were getting an education, and Boko Haram is completely against education 
for especially for girls and any type of Western education. So the thing that comes up for me every time I get news of this situation is what can I do? I'm here in America. I can't leave here. I can't even if I could, what could I'm I don't know how to go and rescue anyone from the forest. <clears throat> yes, we can contribute financially uh, to some organizations. We can possibly send aid to their families. The Malala Fund that was started by Malala, who received the Nobel Peace Prize last year with uh, someone else as well, but she received for her work on behalf of children and who is uh, exiled from her country as well, but also determined to make a difference so that children can receive an education, and especially girls. And there are things that that organization is doing. You can find them. I believe it's malalafund.org. But apart from that, what can I do right here? And I thought, well, um, I can pray. And some people say, oh, yeah, right, that's going to make a difference. Well, I actually do believe it makes a difference. Just like when meditation groups get together and meditate, and monks and Buddhists uh, walk and pray, and um, I, I think that there is an energy in the world and that we can affect that energy. We can affect it by our actions. We can affect it also by our intentions. And I, I do believe that praying and sending energy for good makes a difference, especially when you uh, join with other people, that it creates an energy of love on the planet. And so that is one of the things that I am committed to do especially for these girls. There are so many things that we can pray for on this planet and so many areas that there is violence and suffering. Of course, we're all, we all know about the tragedy in Nepal, thousands of people killed and uh, without homes and their families devastated just last month. And they need our continued prayers and humanitarian support. That's something that we can actually make a difference by sending aid or um, perhaps some workers can go there. Not so much that type of thing with regard to finding terrorists and taking back the lands that they have taken. Now, if you happen to be right here on the campus of UC Irvine, there is a wonderful event coming up and... It's something that might jumpstart your desire, perhaps, to make a difference. There are things that you can do locally in your church and in your community right here at, on the campus of UC Irvine. But the thing that I'm referring to is the Global Compassion Summit in honor of His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama's 80th birthday. And that's going to be a, a wonderful event, July 5th. It will be at Honda Center, but July 6th and 7th, it will be right here on the campus of UC Irvine. And there will be three days of panels and the Global Compassion Summit uh, celebrating the 80th birthday of the Dalai Lama. And of course, he will be there, an amazing, amazing man. And you can get information 
about this on the UCI website. If you go to uci.edu slash press releases, and you can find this information through the UCI Irvine News. And a little bit about it. It's a three-day summit presented by Friends of the Dalai Lama in partnership with UC Irvine and the Center for Living Peace to take place on Sunday, July 5th, through Tuesday, July 7th at Anaheim's Honda Center and UC Irvine's Bren Events Center. And if you're not familiar with the Center for Living Peace, it's actually right across the street from UC Irvine over in University Center. And they have meditation classes there. They have yoga for kids. They have uh, creativity workshops. The Ecology Center often does uh, workshops there. And they have um, the Compassionate Communication with Terry is amazing, learning how to communicate non uh, with through nonviolence and through love. So Compassionate Communication and uh, lots of programs. Their website is goodhappens.org. Again, that's goodhappens.org. And they partnered with UC Irvine several years ago, it's been quite a few years, when the Dalai Lama was here the last time. I think it was the Dalai Lama. Anyway, they've brought in, brought some amazing people. And I believe it was the last time that the Dalai Lama was here, but it was quite a few years ago. And so a little bit more. This is a three-day summit. Again, July 5th through July 7th. Uh, tickets are available now. And so I believe you can get those through the website. And let's see, ticket information. <clears throat> I can't give you the uh, prices, but it's hardly anything for students. And you can buy tickets online through Ticketmaster, charge by phone 1-800-745-3000, 1-800-745-3000. And then there's, there's individual days, or uh, you can get all the tickets uh, for all the events. It says, Friends of the Dalai Lama announced today that tickets for the Global Compassion Summit, the three-day official world celebration, will go on sale. And they went on sale April 2nd. So <clears throat> you may want to make to um, get your tickets soon. <laughs> Hopefully they are not sold out. But this event will be sold out. That um, is pretty much um, without a doubt. It says His Holiness will attend events on all three days as world leaders, Nobel laureates, celebrity guests, and artists gather to share their best wishes. I think Oprah is going to be there, and um, who knows what kind of celebrity guests will be there, but it'll be a wonderful time. It says, With the intention of inspiring compassionate action within His Holiness' diverse global audience. The Global Compassion Summit will spark dialogues on the role of compassion in the environment, the arts, and youth leadership. The event on Sunday, July 5th, at the Honda Center will be from noon to 3.30. And then, um, let's see, oh, <clears throat> the celebration will feature extraordinary performances by Tibetan children and world-renowned musicians, as well as a public talk by His Holiness the Dalai Lama and a discussion on awakening compassion, the transformative power of creativity and art. How amazing is that? <clears throat> I, for one, am certainly hope that they're going to 
record it, and uh, hopefully we will, those of us who are unable to attend, will um, be able to watch it. Mm, I don't know if I'll be able to attend that week. We are, on, it goes on to say, we're honored to learn, uh, to team with UC Irvine Center for Living Peace and Friends of the Dalai Lama to host an event of this magnitude, one that will be celebrated by thousands in person and millions of others around the world. Uh, said Tim Ryan, President and CEO of Honda Center, with Anaheim's ongoing initiatives focused on kindness, the Global Compassion Summit is a natural fit for our city, and we feel privileged to be the kickoff event for something that is sure to generate individual and global and communal positivity. So for those of you, especially students, faculty, or staff right here or in the area of UC Irvine, it says two sessions on Monday, July 6th, and one session on Tuesday, July 7th will be held at the Bryn Event Center right here on the campus of UC Irvine. These events will feature conversations with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and world leaders on climate change and education, as well as a forum for His Holiness and other Nobel laureates. And uh, full details and a schedule of events are at www.hhd l80.org and that link is in this article if you go online to um, <clears throat> UCI which will be updated continuously as the summit approaches so how what does this have to do with the kidnapped Nigerian girls and Boko Haram well I think it has everything to do with that because these are things that we can do as we as we make this space around our lives, more compassionate and loving, I believe that that sends out ripples of compassion and kindness and love into the world. And it's not easy all the time. Believe me, I, I know this. When you're in trying to find a parking space and someone's about to back into you because they aren't watching or someone's speeding through the parking lot and they almost run you over or someone's just being rude to you in... Um, or you're waiting on someone and, and someone acts like you're invisible or you say hello or good morning and someone ignores you or you know, there's just lots of little things in the world. But if we can kind of shift and remember that these all are all, all these people we meet are also image bearers of the divine. So I'm going to play a little music and then we'll have I'll be back. And again, Dalai Lama coming in July right here to UC Irvine. And I'm going to play for you, oh gosh, actually, Turning to Peace is it's a good song for right now by State of Grace. And I'll be back in a few minutes. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe. Welcome back to KUCI 88.9 FM. What would Arwen do? I am Tani Tenuviel, and that was State of Grace 2 with Turning to Peace. And if you're listening to the podcast, that will be edited out, but you can find it on um, the CD, State of Grace 2, Turning to Peace, and that was the title track. 
love that song. It's great for yoga class. It's great just for general listening. We are talking today about, um, I guess the topic would be how to create peace and love in the world when you can't go to the part of the world that you'd like to send peace and love to. And so with that, I have I shared a little bit um, in the first part of the show, oh, excuse me, about the uh, Global Compassion Summit coming in uh, July with His Holiness, His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama, a celebration for in honor of his 80th birthday, and lots of great things will be going on, and he will actually be here on the campus of UC Irvine on the Tuesday and uh, Monday and Tuesday, July 6th and 7th, and you can get tickets through Ticketmaster, or you can find out information on the website. So I wanted to also say, with regards to the 219 Nigerian girls who are still missing, I was able some time ago to get a list of their names. Many of them I can't pronounce, but when I go to... Uh, church, and some of you may know that I recently became a Catholic Christian. I've been a lover of Jesus for over 30 years, but, and many of my friends say, why would you become a Catholic? Well, I kind of jokingly say sometimes that I just came for the food, Um, and that being, no, not the potlucks. That would be probably the Southern Baptists, (laughs) but because I wanted to have communion every day. I wanted to set aside a part of my day every day to be fed with heavenly food and not just fed with the wonderful food that Mother Earth provides us. And so the Catholic Church has celebration of the Eucharist every every day. And I think that's the most wonderful thing. And even if it wasn't for that, even if you aren't a Catholic, before I became a Catholic, I liked to go, and I could go up and get a blessing from the priest, even before I was invited to uh, the table. And it was a wonderful thing that I discovered just that daily time of setting aside that time to turn my heart and my mind and my thoughts toward God and things that are um, of that nature and a little escape from the world. And for many of us, that's kind of what yoga is about as well. It's a time to, for yourself, to strengthen your body, center your mind, let go of all the cares of the world, which is why I love yoga. As an elf, I think that the elves were doing yoga before it was called yoga. I actually have, there are pretty much corresponding elvish names for all of the yoga poses in Sanskrit. And uh, so it's a, it's a fun way to strengthen your body and center your mind. And I believe it is also beneficial. And I've met some of the most wonderful people through the yoga community. In fact, I'm going to do a little plug right now for a friend of mine, Patrice Simon, who will be coming on the show hopefully within the next uh, couple of weeks. She has a new book out, Take Up Your Mat and Walk, and she is the founder. She um, had the Bikram Yoga studio that was over by the camp. That studio is um, 
on hold for a while because the I guess the parking just got to be too much. And I believe she's looking for a new location. But she also is one of the co-founders with Amy McDonald of um, Smiling Monkey Yoga, which is yoga for kids. And that is right across the street here at the Center for Living Peace as well. And if you'd like information, um, you can visit their website at goodhappens.org. And I believe they'll probably have information about the um, Dalai Lama uh, visit coming up as well since they are partnering partnering with UCI and others in making that event happen. So, um, and they also have meditation groups and uh, yoga for kids and all kinds of wonderful things. There are a few podcasts up on our website at KUCI.org um, if you want to find some of my past shows is what would Arwen do? But there are also some talks, some uh, interviews that I've had with some of the people from the Center for Living Peace. Uh, Andrea Miller, who is the co-founder of Mama Earth, um, did a workshop over there, and she continues to do workshops. In fact, I'm hoping perhaps she'll be able to come on again, and uh, we can talk a little bit about the event coming up as it gets closer to the Dalai Lama event in July although that's not that far off. And there's also an interview with another person. Uh, oh, what? It was at, it was over at the Center for Living Peace. And, oh gosh, we've interviewed people from, well, Evan Marks of the Ecology Center. So anyway, if you look on our homepage and go to archives and down to podcasts, Click on What Would Arwen Do? You can find some of these um, interviews that I've done in the past, if you are interested. So this morning, I was thinking, so what, what can we do? What, you know, how can we help? And I know when I hear about things like the kidnapping, kidnappings and the terrorists and people who are, and it's not just that Christians are being attacked, it's it's peop- a lot of times it's people of all uh, faith backgrounds. It's just, um, and people who just want to be in power and want to oppress and enslave other people. One of the things I love about the Lord of the Rings movies is its archetypal themes. The themes of her- heroism and of having a quest, having a place in the story. You know, Frodo and Sam, and will we take up you know, will we take the part that perhaps no one else could play, that if we don't do it, it won't happen? As Galadriel said to Frodo, uh, this task was given to you, and if you don't do it, you know. So the, um, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I get so excited when I think about the Lord of the Rings. But so finding our place in this story, and I love the Lord of the Rings, you know, because good and evil is very clear. You know, it's like, it's not like, well, maybe Sauron's not that bad. No, he's bad. He wants to, he wants to get rid of all the free people and have world domination and everybody's subjected to him and, um, through fear and, um, violence. So, but there's, for me, at least when I hear about things like the kidnappings, there's this temptation to hate, this temptation to be angry and hate these people that do that. But I think, well, what would Arwen do? What would Arwen do if she were 
here. I, I don't think she would succumb to hate. Even at the end, Aragorn reminds her that they did not fall to the shadow. And I think um, that's, you know, if you are a Star Wars fan, you see that archetypal story in Star Wars, you know, where we see what happened with Darth Vader. He had succumbed to the seduction of the dark side and the violence, starting with when he went in and slew all the children, the young Jedis. And so, and that set him on that dark path. So what can we do? Well, there are things you can do at your local church usually. There are meditation groups. As I mentioned, they have meditation and drumming, which creates a wonderful love vibration in the world over at right across the street here from UC Irvine at the Center for Living Peace. There are places in Laguna and in... Um, a lot of yoga studios that are around also have meditation groups, Yoga Shakti, which is right across the street here in University Center. I believe they have meditation classes, and they also have amazing yoga classes. Ivy Tomashoff, which I believe I... Um, there's a podcast of my interview with her up on our website, does um, teaches a, a gentle yoga class believe it's on Friday afternoon or evenings and she uses um, the crystal bowls and the the healing vibration of sound and that's a wonderful way to bring joy and peace and love into our own lives because I do believe that we can't really share that love outward until we create it in our own hearts and find some place of peace and it's hard sometimes believe me I completely understand and agree that it's hard in the midst of a busy life, even right here in the lovely place of where it's relatively safe and we're definitely free to worship and speak, you know, and here on KUCI, we have a voice in our neighborhood and in the world because we're, um, we broadcast through the internet and nobody's telling us what we uh, have to talk about. Of course, you know, there are certain guidelines that the FCC has, but we have a forum for our voice and for our passion. And in case you're interested in finding a place, uh, a public forum for your voice, there will be another training coming up for becoming a KUCI DJ with the next quarter. We're about halfway through now, and um, quite a few people are taking the training, so there'll be new, some new programming probably coming up for the summer quarter. But you can find information about that if you want to send an email to training at KUCI.org, and also once the new quarter starts, there's always information on our homepage um, after, it usually starts about the second, first or second week into the quarter. So I want to share a few uh, poems. I found a wonderful book recently called Prayers for Healing, and this is something that you can do just right at home or out, you know, sit on on your patio or in your park, and read prayers, you know, read them from your heart. This one actually has a foreword by the Dalai Lama, who is coming. And I'm going to read that. It kind of will give you a little insight into, okay, so what difference can prayer make? Can it really make a difference? And I believe that it can. He says, again, this is called Prayers for Healing. 
and it's uh, 365 blessings, poems, and meditations from around the world. So this is from all different spiritual traditions. He says, when people are overwhelmed by illness, we must give them physical relief. But it is equally important to encourage this spirit through a constant show of love and compassion. It is shameful how often we fail to see that what people desperately require is human affection. Deprived of human warmth and a sense of value, other forms of treatment prove less effective. Real care of the sick does not begin with costly procedures, but with a simple gift of affection and love. In the practice of healing, a kind heart is as valuable as medical training because it is the source of happiness for both oneself and others. Not only do other people respond to kindness even when medicine is ineffective, but cultivating a kind heart is a cause of our own good and health. Similarly, inner peace can be found in prayer and meditation, but it is also profoundly important that we bring that inner peace to bear in practical ways in the general service, generous service of others. There is a connection here with the practice of nonviolence. Nonviolence is something more positive, more meaningful than the mere absence of violence. It means to respect the rights of others, to be concerned about their well-being based on a sense of compassion. Today, there is a growing global awareness of what this implies, for the application of nonviolence is not restricted merely to other human beings. It also has to do with ecology, the environment, and our relations with all the other living beings with whom we share the planet. Since human beings are basically gentle by nature, I feel that we should not only maintain gentle, peaceful relations with our fellow human beings, but that it is also very important to extend the same kind of attitude towards our environment and the creatures who naturally live in harmony with it. And that from the uh, introduction to Prayers for Healing by the Dalai Lama, who will be here. And you can come and drink in his wonderful energy right here on the campus of UC Irvine in July. So I wanted to read a couple of poem of prayers in here just to give you an idea. So this is a book you might want to pick up just to have by your 365 prayers and poems, some of them are very, very short and succinct, and some of them are are lengthier. One of the one uh, one I wanted to to uh, share with you is actually Mary Oliver, because sometimes people think, "Oh, well, I have to do this and this and um, and we never get started. Mary Oliver says in her poem, "You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting." You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, No matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. And I wanted to read um, this 
uh, very small by St. Margaret of Cortona that is, was said after Holy Communion, which you can go to any Catholic church at any time. You can find out when they have a service during the day and just go and be in the presence of the sacred scriptures. And people have turned their hearts to God for a period of time during the day. And if you don't take communion, you can receive a blessing. If you do get to take communion, it says this. This may be what your heart would say. This morning, my soul is greater than the world since it possesses you, you whom heaven and earth do not contain. And then I want to read also, um, Enlightenment of the Buddha is celebrated. And this is from the Buddha. It says, May every creature abound in well-being and peace. May every living being, weak or strong, the long and the small, the short and the medium-sized, the mean and the great, May every living being, seen or unseen, those dwelling far off, those nearby, those already born, those waiting to be born, may all attain inward peace. Let no one deceive another. Let no one despise another in any situation. Let no one from antipathy or hatred wish evil to anyone at all. Just as a mother with her own life protects her only son from hurt, so within yourself foster a limitless concern for every living creature. Display a heart of boundless love for all the world. In all its height and depth and broad extent, love unrestrained, without hate or enmity. Then, as you stand or walk, sit or lie, until overcome by drowsiness, devote your mind entirely to this. It is known as living here, life divine. And coming up in just a few moments, writers on writing. But before we leave, I want to leave one, just one thing from our friend C.S. Lewis. Because we think, well, how can I do that? People are so mean, and I just don't know. I just don't think I like them. He reminds us of who they are in his, in his um, essay, The Weight of Glory. He says, it is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, to remember that the dullest and most interesting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as, if, such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long we are in some degree helping each other along to one or other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities, it is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all plays, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. And with that, I will leave you. Please stay tuned. Coming up in just about five minutes, writers on writing. And in the meantime, I'm going to share a little bit of music that might be for your uh, meditation. Even this morning, this is from Nawang Kichag. And this is a wonderful, a wonderful CD that you might want to pick up called Music as Medicine. And this is a call of compassion to humanity. So if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're walking or maybe if you're home, maybe just stop and take a moment and expand your heart. Take a few deep breaths in 
deep breaths out, taking in what we need, letting go of what we don't, and maybe just offer up a little simple prayer. It might be as simple as, may all beings be happy. May the people I love be safe today. May those who are are in peril be rescued. Something like that. Just as simple as that, and just kind of let it be. So until next week, I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and the views and opinions expressed today are those of the Elf host and do not necessarily represent those of UCI, KUCI, or the UC Board of Regents. As I mentioned, coming up in just a few moments, Writers on Writing uh, with Barbara DeMarco Barrett, everything that you might want to know about getting published. And until next week, Alin Selalomenamentielvo, A Star Shines on the Hour of Our Meeting. And Maria, I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to send me a little missive at askanelf at yahoo.com, askanelf at yahoo.com. And until next week, (laughs) peace. This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth.